Greetings, everyone. Good evening to you all. You know me, I'm going to preach with the kind of energy you give me. Good evening, everyone. All right, we've got a mission to do. My duty tonight is pretty plain. I want to introduce you to a faith. Um, I actually want to introduce you to a faith that I believe works. Yeah? Are you sure you're with me tonight? Pastor Toby has declared it to us as a cold red season. Um, This season calls for us to respond. And the only fitting way to describe the kind of response we should have, he has had to use the word cold red. Cold red speaks of focus. Cold red means, you know, nothing else matters at this point. Cold red implies that there's a mission. There's a goal to it. To achieve and so I want to take you through a few scriptures tonight as I speak to of course our guests are here for the first time or you've been with us for the last three weeks whenever it's been and including those that are tuned in tonight but I also of course still want to speak to leaders can I start off tonight in saying that you see church or let me actually start off with a disclaimer the things you're going to hear from me tonight will challenge what you've known how many of you here can you raise can you show me by a show of hands raise your hands if you've been church before in your life can you raise your hands so a lot of us so you're not unfamiliar with the idea of christ you're not unfamiliar with church whether you are a consistent attendee of church or if you went once or a few times before. But I do want to give you this disclaimer so that you're not discouraged. What I want to encourage you is be patient. You made your way all the way here. So be patient to hear the whole piece, what it is that I want to share with you tonight, because it will only fully make sense at the end. Again, what I want to speak to you about tonight is this faith. But that's so vague. So we have to break that down tonight. Well, I want to introduce you to also when we begin to tackle this topic called disfaith, I want you to know that what I'm introducing you into is a faith that works because many of us has um, interacted, accepted, even confessed a faith that is not working. Come on, you're going to have to talk to me tonight. We've declared a faith that doesn't work. We have said we are Christians, if that's your case. We believe there's a God and these things are true. The only thing that I have an issue with is that I do believe that the faith we confess should be powerful enough to bring about results. And many of us are children of the church. That's why I call it children of the church. We are people who almost make excuses for God. You know, God has been so weakened before our eyes that we make disclaimers for him. Have you ever heard a situation? Have you ever been in a situation? And when this situation happens, let's say, Um, A situation happens that does not favor you or is not what you're looking for. How many times have you heard either your parents, your auntie, your uncle, someone say to you that it's the will of God? Meaning life can just happen to you anyhow. And because 
we are children of insecure of an insecure generation the only hope of power we have is to do all we can to make God appear powerful so in wrong it is God's will in right it is God's will you know previous and the old style of church I'm speaking to leaders you know over the last few weeks we've been speaking and I do want to say this as well you can turn this off for now over the last few weeks we have spoken about a few things purpose was our first service then we came the next week and we spoke about leaders last week we spoke about freedom tonight we're speaking about disfaith I'll go back to what I was just saying but what I'm trying to highlight or, or show you with this is one thing. I don't believe in going to church and hearing various um, um, sermons. It needs to be an ongoing conversation. So there are things that I'm going to say to you. And if you're not ignorant, if you care to think a bit, and I know that all of us has the capacity to think, you will know that sometimes to be able to fully understand what's being said, you need to hear the whole conversation. What you're, being, what you're going to hear today is just part of the conversation. But I'm sure you'll be blessed by it. So, we grew up in churches where we made excuses for God. We were unable to create the world we wanted. We were unable to take charge of situations that we were confronted with. So anyhow a situation played out to us, we would simply just say, in order for us to not lose our power, because every type of people have a belief, there is something that they hold on to. And it doesn't matter what happens in life, for that thing, it must go untouched. Never imagine, you know, when, you know, as recently, and I guess it's an African saying, but um, I've kind of forgotten how it's said, but the paraphrasing of it is simply, there is nothing that God cannot do. Then if we now come and say, watch, if I say there are things, in fact, there are many things that God Almighty cannot do. You see, right now, as I've said that, there's someone saying, I've tapped out. They've tapped out. They're not going to hear the whole conversation as to why we've come with that conclusion and actually how it is that we should view God. So again, tonight what we want to do, and of course I want to greet every single person that has tuned in, all our leaders. But tonight I just want to give um, thanks actually because there were certain things I was thinking of and you understand why I'm saying this today. But I want to give thanks to my leader, Pastor Toby my father and the reason for that is he introduced me to a faith that works and said to me and said to many of you who hear me tonight entrust to others this same faith the faith that's able to raise you heard Chrissy tonight Chrissy who grew up working in EE you know that job in EE was terrible do you know there was a time that working in EE was actually very good just in case there's anyone working in EE, I'm not trying to. So it's just me being political. But seriously, because our community is not given many platforms, do you know that the big jobs at a time, Waitrose, 
Someone else is working Sainsbury's, you're working Waitrose, you feel big. How about, do you remember William Hill? People left college and went to go and work in William Hill. And I'm just thinking, wow, we really do have low standards. And can we blame ourselves? No one produced or gave us a platform. No one told us that this is little. No one told us that we can actually um, fashion or we can actually fix ourselves with a faith that tells us that that is too beneath you. Because you see, and I may quote many scriptures, but hear me tonight because there's a few that is my focus. No one taught us that the way you think is the way you are. So forgive me if I challenge you. I'm just trying to say if I'm able to expand your mind tonight, then you'll begin to live a life much bigger than what you've seen. We're talking about this faith. So, you know, one of the things we have to do, I did say earlier that we're going to be confronted or oh, when we come into the house of God, when we come to hear the word of God, which is, you know, some people call it a speech, um, others call it a talk, what I'm doing right now. It's meant to introduce us to God. That's why whatever I'm going to share to you, don't worry, you don't need to be afraid. It's definitely going to come out from this Bible. You know, there's not one person here that's older than this Bible. Not one. Meaning that it's not my own opinion. But we have to break this thing down. So here's my first point. Actually, I want us to start with Hebrews 11. The reason why I want to take you into this scripture, and I want you to hear me. Why did I say I need to speak to leaders? I am so convinced that God has given me a faith, given you a faith to continually recreate leaders. Leaders of substance. I'm confident. I said last week to you where others can boast in money. My boast is in the people that God has given me. I've always said it also. Should a man acquire all the finances in the world, yet has no person, there's nobody with him, what would he do with all he has? You know, there's something, there's a wisdom given to us in scripture. Words of Christ Jesus. Do you know what he says to us? He says, make relationships. Use money to make relationships. You know, in our church, we're not taught that, right? As if it wasn't Christ that said it. So you see, the things that I'm going to introduce to you, because I am confident, I can be bold enough to say to you that, God has committed to me and to you who hear me tonight, those of you that choose to join this family, what God has done is that he has taught us the faith that works. He has shown us certain things. So you see, what we're going to say, like I've said to you, is that some of the things I will share with you will confront, will challenge what you know. What stops us from receiving new information is the information that already occupies our mind. So to stay safe and for you to trust me, we're going to have to read certain things. Hebrews chapter 11. Read from verse 1 
Chrissy, you started off with it. So let's start from there, from verse one. What is faith? Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, yeah? And assurance about what we do not see. And assurance about what we do not see, carry on. This is what the ancients were commended for. You see, there were men who lived and they received a commendation for their lives. There were things said about their lives, meaning that when they lived, it was worth recording and reminding future generations of how they lived. Their lives had meaning. Their lives were not just the production or the fruit of two people who were excited and came together. Do you know that most of us, especially when we're a lot in, in numbers, do you know it is possible for you to live as if you never lived? Do you know it's possible for you to be in a street and nobody knows you? There is no impact you are having. You know, there was a time that, and I be here, she's the one doing the Bible reading today. Do you know that there was a time that nobody knew the treasure hidden in her? But she lived. She went to school like everybody else. She went to church even. But you see, there was no words to provoke the things that God had installed in her. Do you know that there was a time that society, the community defined me as a person. But based on what they saw. But were unable to bring out of me the pastor of today. Do you know I have friends, I was speaking to one of my friends here. And he's made a comment and as we were speaking, and don't, don't feel any type of way with this. Okay, I'll save, I actually won't say that part, but he's come, he's lived whatever life. And he said to me, whatever my name is, he says, You're, you've actually become so wise. And you know, he's talking to me and I don't know if I should get offended by this or be um, encouraged. He says, I would not expect you to be doing this. I'm thinking, what's wrong with the you that you know? Because as far as I know, there was no issue. I lived like everybody else, spoke like them, dressed like them. But you see, because we were all in a class together, people of this class does not rise to become what he is seeing. I want to talk to you guys tonight. Please bear with me. People of this class, does not. so he actually has to record to me. He reminds me of, he says, he makes a comment. You see, the person you were, when I think back of when we were in school, if I'm to count the top three people that had anger issues and that will react from zero to a hundred first, you're amongst the top, top three. You know, I looked at that and I was thinking, mm, I managed to escape jail. Like, I didn't go to jail for any reason. You did. <laughs> Are you in that top three? He says, no. I'm thinking, life really did save me, you know. I'm coming somewhere. It sounds funny, but I'm going somewhere. So, you know, what happened was that we encountered a thing. And when we encountered something that was different, 
we took the opportunity, even though we did not know where it was going. It was just that it was different. I can bet you anything, your every day does not look like what you're seeing today. I bet you that your, your everyday conversation is not like the conversation you will hear today. The difference was an opportunity for us to step into what God had called us into, even though we had never seen it before. So there are people amongst you, and at some point I may make them stand, there are people among you that stood out or started off life familiar like yours. The same way. In fact, we didn't even know it was a problem because like I said, there was no one in our lives that set standards for us. They didn't tell us that we can live better than we do. They never told us that we can dream and create, you know, when you're looking for issues to be resolved in your life and they are not being resolved, they're not being solved. Maybe it's because God wants you to create the, the solution. You've never heard that before. Because our parents didn't know. It's not that they're bad people. It's just that they were not exposed to certain words. So you see, one of the things I want to draw your attention to as we're getting into this scripture is that it was faith that separated people amongst the crowds. A Chrissy today, as you saw her preach, this is not somebody that had given, there was like a, a generational wealth passed onto her. The changing of conversation in her life took her out of places like working in EE to producing six figures. Not in CDs, not in Ghana money. You know, that one's play money. That's monopoly. You know, you feel like you have a lot of cash and then when the game is done, you realize this benefits me nothing. Pounds. But how did she get there? Change of conversation because like I've been saying for, for weeks now that the conversation that you, you're only as powerful as the conversation you are exposed to. But why are we starting this way? This is what the ancients were commended for, their faith. Did you notice that scripture didn't say that these men were commended, recorded in history, spoken about because of how well they behaved? Are you going to talk to me tonight? They were not commended for their good behavior. At the point of faith, good behavior or bad behavior means nothing. Means nothing at all. This is what they were commended for. Their faith. But we want to define that tonight. Verse 3, quickly for me. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Uh -huh. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Yeah. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. So look at this. We won't tackle this fully tonight. But it says, by faith, Abel. Again, so in case you're here for the first time, I also agree with you. I don't care about these guys. I don't know who Abel is. I don't know who Abraham is. I agree with you. But what we know from scripture, I told you, you've joined us mid-conversation. These words that we share is to provide us with instructions for living. How do we make the most of the life we have is what we find from this scripture. So it doesn't matter what race or religion you come from, these words will benefit your life because I want to give you or 
present to you a faith that is more abundantly rewarding than the faith that we inherited. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering, yeah? Than Cain did. Yeah. By faith, he was commended as righteous. By faith, he was commended as righteous. What happened? When God spoke well of his offerings. Go on. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. If you know the story, um, his brother killed him. But that's not for tonight. But I want to just say that to you. Verse 5. Go by, on. by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. Now look at this contrast. We saw that one man responded by faith. And his end was not that pleasurable. For what he had to achieve at that time. Not my focus tonight. I just need to say this for where we're going. Now we're introduced to another man. Who in contra contrast to the first man lived a life so powerfully lived a life of faith so powerfully that he evaded death are you gonna hear me tonight you know death is what rules in this world everything that we endeavor to do if not for the counsel of God that sees ahead of us because if you are 25 years of age do you know that you've never been 26 before so you have to trust in he who exists before you. He who exists ahead of you to know how to move per time. Now when you look at the life of Enoch, the Bible says he was taken from this life so that what? So that he did not experience death. He did not experience death. This is one of the faith or I want to use this to begin to introduce you to a faith that is more rewarding because you see, there's no issue with the faith that you were introduced to in your old church, only that it doesn't reward enough. Are you here with me? The reward we had before just made you at most say, I no longer do this, but you're a liar. You still do it. At most, you started to say things like, maybe I've left the roads. That's a faith that maybe took you out of the world. But do you know that there's a faith that makes men evade death? Do you know what that means? That the powers that be does not affect me. Death is what controls this world. People try businesses and it comes to nothing. It dies. But that's because they did not have a faith powerful enough to make them evo evade that kind of lifestyle, which is death. A Pastor Enrique is here. You don't know him. Many of the people that, let me just say quickly, this is a man that came, Chrissy said it, so that's why I'm calling you tonight. Chrissy said that this is someone that was doing gang banging in Brixton. Do you know how many people that were doing gang banging wherever that ended up in jail or dead how did you evade death you were introduced to a faith i'm telling you now the faith that we met in our old churches did not have the power to save us or protect us or preserve us from this monarch it didn't have the power we went to churches where it's a thing to go and do the memorial of people you saw sitting next to you. But if I say to you in 18 years that SPAC Nation family has not buried its young even in a city like this where it's almost a trend for young men to die. I'm just telling you that this faith is more rewarding. 
this faith can give you something more abundant. It's cold red time. So I need you to hear what I'm saying tonight. Because I'm not trying to tickle your fancy or motivate you. But I'm trusting God's word when, he, when PT began to declare at a time. Men that will be ordinary but set on fire for what God wants them to do. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. Why? Please explain this to us, Ibi. Go he on. Could, he could not be found because God had taken him away. So when death is roaming in the city of London looking to take you down, it cannot find you. Because at that point, you are taken by God. You are God's own. So death, poverty cannot find you. Do you know that I didn't come out of my mom's womb dressed like this? Do you know that you can go and find pictures of me struggling, not being able to eat, walking to the places that we needed to walk, to, we needed to get to? Do you know that we didn't have the clothes that were attractive enough to even our own peers? But that was when Pastor Obi was subject to the life of death. But something happened. I met a man. I met a pastor, Toby. I met a mentor that was able to introduce me to a faith much rewarding. So in case what I say to you challenges, challenges your mind or what you know already, please can you just be patient enough to know that the person standing in front of you does not sound like someone that has lost his mind. And you can be exactly what we are if only you accept this faith. When death was looking, he could not be found because he was now God's own. He belonged to God. The devil or the evil powers that be cannot put their hands on, you know. When the life that we live demanded that we remain in poverty, we kept breaking out of it. We kept creating new ways to produce finances for a generation. Why? Because we're no longer subject to death. A faith brought us out. But this is still not even where I'm going. He could not be found because what? God had taken him away. For before? He was taken. What happened? He was commended as one who pleased God. He was commended as one who pleased God. This is where I want to start our conversation tonight. I want to start with this topic before I take you to my main scriptures. Are you still here with me? Now look at what verse 6 says. Go on. Let's challenge the first idea of church. Go on. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Look, you know, the churches we have been born in, we were raised in, gave us a hell of laws to follow. They say, don't do this. Do that. Dress this way. Speak this way. Act this way. But you see, all these religious laws was all an attempt to satisfy. You know, when you see the word please, I think of the word satisfy. There's an idea that if I can satisfy this God, this being, this supreme being, then maybe, maybe at that moment, whatever it is I am looking for from God, he may hear me. He may respond and give it to me. You know, for example, someone, and this is a live example, a friend, a deep friend of mine, and I often use this as an example. Out of fear, you can actually pray. You know, your family members is hit with something that is chronic. 
And for you, you've heard the church constantly tell you of a Jesus that heals. You have not questioned certain things. You have not understood his means of operation. But you've just taken something that you have not questioned before. Now, when the situation hits your home, because, you know, most of us, nothing becomes real until it hits us. You know the reason? If we start talking about how passionate we were when we, didn't, when we had nothing, how passionate we were to pray for our brothers who were still stuck in the roads. We were passionate about it because we had experienced things. But you see, some people cannot share in that passion because it has not come close to home until it comes. Whatever you ignore, it will have its day to visit you. Whatever you ignore, try it. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. So imagine when they introduced us to religion and we realized all these set of laws that they told us to do that we could not keep up with. Should there have been a man that told us it's only faith that God is asking for? It's not if you, if you um, um, lie or not. It's do you have faith? Because the Bible says it is impossible to please God. Do you, not understand, do you understand what it means impossible? As in there is no other way to satisfy this God, to please this God, unless you have faith. Now this is what I want us to start our conversation tonight based on. That can we just almost say to ourselves, can we admit here and stop trying to make God powerful? He doesn't need your help to be made powerful. Can we just admit that what we have learned all this time, all the things that we've been practicing, it has not worked. We tried, we tried to be the best behaved because that's what we thought that God is. God is not like that. It's Father Christmas, Santa Claus, that rewards you based on your good behavior. I said that because I saw kids. I don't know. It, God does not reward you on your good behavior. He rewards you based on your faith. So let's look at this tonight. Still, I want us to get into certain things. So my first point that I need you to take is that God is not requiring anything else from you except your faith. I dare you, if you, if you try this, you will see results. Let me show you another scripture as we get to my main scriptures. I have two main scriptures for you, but Galatians chapter 3. You know, there's a man of God called Paul in the Bible. He's an apostle. What that means, what the apostle means is that he was set apart and he had a special message. He was a servant of God. There was something he was doing in the nations and it is recorded. You can go and check online as well as the Bible. This is a man that influenced the world. A man. If we want to look into his life and see what he did good and what he did bad, let me tell you, as much as he's referred to as God's man, he still had a list of many bad things he did and a list of many good things he did. If it's based on these two categories, it's unfair to judge anybody. 
Because if you're looking at someone that is bad, you're looking at someone that did good. If you're looking at someone that did good, you're looking at someone that did bad. But you see what made him take the nations was his faith. Now, why am I introducing you quickly to him? Why do I want us to look at a scripture concerning Paul? He came up, oh my God, he came up with a radical idea. I can imagine how wild it was. What he began to say to the people of his time. Do you know why I can imagine it? Because I'm now saying it. I can understand that he was one voice against many. You see right now, do you know how many youth churches they are? Do you know how many young people are now living lives like old men and women? Because they never challenged the faith or the church or the ideas shared in that church. And now they are actually in lifetime living out what they saw their parents become. They are complaining. They're not inspired by their parents, but they are walking in the same way because most of our families, most of our communities are as a result of the inactivity or the activity of the church. Inactive. If the church, if a community is down and out, it's because there was a people that was inactive to the community. If the church or if the community now became people, a place where little people were being made, there was no one that grew up with the sense of maybe I am formed for societal transformation. They never thought of that. Maybe I'm meant to be a billionaire. They never thought that because there was nothing teaching them. That was also based on the, uh, on the ideas of the church, the activity and the inactivity. But you see one thing about Paul. Paul came against, first of all, the church that came before him because you see that operations of Peter and Cole though they were called by God so this is why I'm not saying that the churches that we knew are evil it's just that you see their faith is limiting it's only for a set of people the faith that we have heard of up until this moment was only sorry if I have to say this was mainly for black people that's why you see way more Pentecostals as black individuals. Oh, you see black people as Pentecostals. The faith was fine, but it was only for a few people. But you see, Paul one day came up with a radical idea. He just said, you know what? You're telling people if they're going to be accepted by God, if they're going to be children of Abraham, they're going to have to be circumcised. They're going to have to live like Jews. I'll explain that. Again, I understand everyone don't understand the whole backstory. What that means in this present day is in order for you to be blessed, you have to be dressed like the traditional church. You have to go to every Sunday service like the traditional church. You need to be able to pray in tongues and fast like the traditional church. So you lay upon a people many burdens telling them that this is the only way to satisfy God, to please God. Yet we just saw in scripture, it's only faith. So do you know what Paul begins to say in the scripture I'm about to show you? He says, the radical idea he says is, God accepts every single person that has faith. Are you with me here? So what happens if we say, because this is the faith I want to give you. What if we say that it will be us to produce a people? Let's remove the idea of church. A people that both Christians, Muslims, 
Buddhists, all types of people, despite race or religion, are all together. It's wild, right? Because church is only for Christians. But again, let me tell you this. Christ came many years later. Are you sure you're with me? I'm talking to leaders now. Are you sure? Because what we're going to produce, it's audacious. It's bold. It's offensive. But that's what Christ is looking for. I want you to know that Christ by himself never produced a religion called Christianity. I want you to also recognize that God did not produce any religion. The only thing that he produced that men would then follow and be like him is faith. Abraham had not experienced Christ. He did not know him. Christ came hundreds, centuries of years later after um, Abraham died. But the Bible says that he believed God and it was credited to him as righteous. So people can be, how, how, how do I say this? God can justify people outside of religion. You know, as far as we know, the churches that we grew up in, anyone that is not in church, when the end of the world comes, they're going to hell. Then you think the people that come up with these conclusions, can we for a moment look at their life? And trust me, they shop in Primark. Their shoes are from Primark. I guarantee you anything. I guarantee you anything that they are never the CEO of Sainsbury's. Never. You know what they will be doing? They will be believing God, putting their faith for a job application. God has to move himself to give you a cleaner's job. Unbelievable. What I'm trying to say, in case it offends you, is simply look at the outcome of their lives and you'll be able to measure properly their way of thinking. So Paul comes up with this radical idea that I know that there's the Jews. And as far as we know at that time, the Jews are the only ones that God is having a conversation with. Like me or like the nation family saying today, like the wealth family saying today that, oh, you know, it's just the church people that God is talking to. But how about God is looking to justify everybody that has faith? And so can we read that scripture? Read from verse Read from verse 1, but quickly, quickly. It's still not where I'm going. You foolish Galatians, yeah? Who has bewitched you? Mm -hmm. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Yeah. Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit are now trying to finish by means of the flesh. Go on. Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? Yeah. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work his miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Quickly, verse 6. So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham, the reference point of Abraham here, is to tell people who think it's just for them that Abraham was not even what you are when God justified him. What I'm saying is that maybe, just maybe there's a musician out there 
that's more justified than the believer that's always going to church. Why? Because the only thing that pleases God is not how often you go to church. It's not how many laws you keep up. It's your faith. Why would God continually bless a Basola or a Diana or an Ashley? It's not because of how good, good behaved they are. It's the faith that they exhibit in their everyday life. That's what God reckons with. And this is what God is looking for. So Paul actually says, in case you forgot, before there was this idea of the Jews, before there was even the idea of the church, God was in the business of justifying men. So we have to look at these things. Why did he justify people? It was simply faith. So a young Shay can be here today and God is not looking at how long she's been in the church. God is just simply looking at as she's hearing the word. What is faith telling her to do? Because that's what I want to get into tonight. As she's having that conversation of what faith is saying to her, God is justifying her more and more. By reason of system that we were introduced to, it should be 30 years before you are a millionaire, let's say. According to this system. But God would justify a Shay or a Glody or whoever. He will have to keep justifying that person as to why they should have millions now. Because their faith is calling for it. Their faith is busy having a conversation concerning a work. So God is saying, I know you're not at the age that everyone else is in, but I have to justify by your faith why you weren't or why you allowed permitted millions at this point. How old are you again, Chrissy? You said 23 or 24? 23 seeing six figures. We've not seen it. Legit, I'm talking. We've not seen it. But why does she have it? Her brilliance? No. Her faith is putting her in a level of conversation and God is busy justifying her why she must have it. So let's look at this scripture. You know, where I'm going with all of this is to express this faith to you. I just wanted to start off with this idea so that we can debunk the, the rubbish that we've heard that it's going to be how well behaved you are that blesses you. You know your parents, for you, you just have to be a well behaved person for life to be good to you. And we know usually it's the good people that life is hard to. It's like life's just seeing you're good. All right, cool. I'm going to mess you up. And you see who's undefeated in that ring and messing up people? Life. So it's a conversation. First day I spoke to you, I spoke to you about purpose four weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I then spoke to you about leaders. Last week, I spoke to you about freedom. Now we speak about faith. It's one conversation if you care to go and listen. So I have to bring you back to a familiar scripture, one that we have been treating for the last few weeks. Matthew chapter 9. This is my main scripture for us tonight. Because you see, what God is not concerned about, what Christ is not concerned about, please hear me. We're not doing these Tuesdays so that we can gather many people. It means nothing to God. How do we know it? Do you know that there's some places in the world where tens of thousands of people gather, but the results of that meeting is not seen? 
You know, some people are saying, oh, is it? There's churches that have tens of thousands. That's my exact point. How can tens of thousands of people gather somewhere and you not know that they're gathering? It means that their, their numbers add to nothing. So Christ did not send us. Pastor Toby did not send us to gather many people. Where I'm going tonight is that God, Christ, as we see in Scripture, I'm going to show you again because everything I'm saying to you is going to be based on the cases we can find in Scripture. Christ goes around looking for workers. If we call a campaign for hundreds, thousands of people to gather in a place, do you know that God is only gathering to then find workers? The faith I want to introduce you to is one that is rewarding because if you join us in this work, the reward, you know, someone, someone looks at me and says, you have a G-Wagon. You know, for us now, it means nothing. Honestly, to God, it means nothing to us. But you see, someone else can see the reward of our lives. But you see, if you want that same reward, what I'm here to introduce you to is the work, is the work that pays you these dividends. It's the work that pays you like this because the old church we knew, your only reward is when you die. It says you're going to go to heaven. But I'm here saying, can anyone guarantee this for us? Because the only person that can guarantee heaven to us is dead. As in, am I going to wake up a dead person and say, by the way, how is heaven like? There's no such thing. I'm still saying, why did we assume that spiritual things means illogical things spirit the everything to do with the spirit is a higher end of intellect is a higher level of logic that if you keep hearing these things you can reason and say oh okay this makes sense this doesn't make sense so let's look at this what did jesus do why am i going to this scripture because look either today maybe next week I'm going to announce us going to Birmingham. I'm going to announce us going to Belgium. I'm going to announce us going to Manchester. And in case there's a city you want us to go to, you can tell us we're going to go to places only because we saw the Christ that we believe in doing the exact same thing. But why did he travel between towns and villages? That's what we have to see in scripture so that we do not deceive ourselves. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, yeah? Teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He was teaching. Now I want you to hear me. He was teaching in their synagogues. Christ was not concerned about building buildings like the churches we knew. The biggest faith projects we met in old churches was how we're going to purchase this new building. Christ was not concerned about that. How did the church find themselves in such menial tasks? We adopted a, 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 a practice on majoring on minor things and minoring on major things. We thought it's about the size of our church meetings or size of our church buildings. But you see, Christ did not bother building a synagogue. He just went to where people were. And wherever he met people, he spoke a word of faith that empowers men. A word that made people who were weak turn out to be the best leaders. Do you know that there was a time that I was sit seated at the back of the church like some of you were? 
or are. When I accepted the word along with other people, it made me who you see today. I'm just saying to you, should you receive these words and not be afraid of your tradition, your race or your religion, you just receive this faith. Guess what will happen? The results you see in my life and more is what you will have in yours. He says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues. What was he proclaiming? The good news of the kingdom. What is the good news for somebody, for a people that has never had the hope that they can have? I'm not coming here, neither are the leaders coming from a background of having. Because if we're coming from a background of having and we are speaking to you tonight, you won't have hope. But if we say that we were actually the worst of where we are coming from, then guess what? You should have the hope that you can be even more. Doesn't matter about your age. The Bible says he was proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The good news of the kingdom is that this word really does make men. Really does make leaders. Really does allow you to achieve or attain the things you're looking for. But you see, if you've not achieved these things before, it was simply that your faith was too weak. You know what I found interesting about Christ? One of his only issues he had with his disciples often was why is your faith too little? Because there are certain dimensions, there are certain spaces that a Sicily must get to. That a Barbara must get to, but you can only do according to your faith. Maybe you need to find me this scripture, you will help me. The Bible says, let it be according to your faith. The things that become possible in your life is only in proportion to the faith you are now running with. So Christ looked at some of these people saying, look, poor, you're meant to lead nations. But the current level of your faith is my only issue with you. So what does he do? He has to keep teaching. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing only by the word of God. So it can't be motivational speaking that gives you the faith to take nations. It is not motivational speaking that makes you a CEO. If that's the case, I'm asking you, you have the internet. How many people do you know that responded to these motivational talks that became CEOs or became financially free? You don't know them because it doesn't have the power. It is faith. It is God's word that raises men. It was God's word that challenged me and made me who I needed to be. So Christ comes around proclaiming the good news, making people see how a man can rise from such a low place, saying that as you see me, it becomes possible for you, my brother. That's what he was saying. Then look at what the Bible says. And healing. Go on. Every disease and sickness. We tackled this the other day. What does this mean? He was just a solution provider. Every issue that he was confronted with. If it's someone lacking a home. If it's someone lacking the finances. Imagine today there are pastors. That if you go to them and you say you have this issue. Like someone came to me today. Saying that we're in arrears. You know there's some people that will put their lay hands on you. And say it will be better for you. You know that is evil. I'm telling you that's evil. If truly you are following God's word. He would have taught you how to gather when there's no. When the poor is not responding to you. Let me explain what I mean by that. When Peter did not know. He had traveled. He had tried all night to catch fish and he couldn't what Christ showed him first that won him was the ability to acquire where it looks like you can't 
he taught him. He said, follow me and I'll make you a, an, um, a fisher of men. So how do we recognize leadership here? The man I follow, Apostle Toby, is someone I saw. Every situation he was confronted with, he knew how to address. He had the guts. He had the faith to address the issues. He was able to take a man that others could not take and make the most out of him. This is why I'm trying to introduce you to this faith. Because if you can just dare to accept this faith, you will be made. And not only you. I wish it ended. I wish it stopped with you but the reason why God is giving you this word is because there are people connected to you that you do not know yet that need you to rise so that they can rise I when I came to Christ I did not yet know the people I have I had nobody but in my rising those are people connected to me can you turn this on for me in my rising there were many others that rise so I can boldly say and I'm patient with it I have a string, an arsenal of leaders. And if you do not hear my talk, see my signs. See our signs because that is going to produce for you. If you only saw it with me, then you have every reason to doubt. But when I can quote a poor saying that he has been able to raise six figures and more, then I'm not just drawing attention to me. In drawing attention to him, really we're drawing attention to what made us this faith. He confronted every issue. So people are still trying to raise the lame. London City don't show us lame people. So what happens with God's agenda then? The God that does miracles and raise lame people, where is he now? Because in London City, we don't see lame people. How many of you have seen them? In London, you haven't seen any. No, he was talking about he was someone that could address issues. Verse 36, go on. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. You know, another translation says he was moved with compassion. You don't understand what I'm saying with this. So when he saw people, the more he encountered people, the means for him to act was at the point that compassion met him. All of a sudden, the more he addressed people, you know, for the last few weeks, we have seen hundreds of people come through our house. Forget just here. We have seen hundreds of people come through our house with all different kinds of issues. But you see what I'm hoping that you leaders are receiving at this point. It's not the excitement of new people. I just hope that the spirit of compassion in you is growing because you see, the only thing that makes us move is compassion. What made us get to the place that we are? You think we care? Do you think we really care about these cars and these clothes for goodness sake? What does it add to us? We just understand it. It's a tool. But what happened is that year on, after each year, we saw that our compassion was growing because we kept meeting people. We kept understanding that, and we didn't even know it was spiritual at first because before I heard this word, I didn't even care. We didn't care about our society. We didn't care about our brother in some senses. But you see, the more we heard this word, the first thing that God was doing was building compassion in us. When he saw the crowds, find me the translation, he was moved with compassion. He was prompted to act the moment he saw people. So you see, when we're talking about mobilization, if we say that this week we're reaching 200 people, if we say next week we're reaching 300 people, what I'm actually trying to see are those workers 
who are moved by compassion. You see, people that are moved by compassion, they don't see the reality of their day. They don't see the lack that they have. They're just going to make things happen even if there's lack. Because we did not have and we did not handle the finances we have because we had. It was just more, it was a necessity that we make what we had available. We lived each day moved by compassion. This is what I'm asking from you leaders. I am begging you to take your steps and move yourself up and out of your high horses. And let's begin to rise as workers because when God gathers a gathering, if he's ever coming amongst the people to speak, he's not coming to speak to say that I've gathered many people. I know you see the pictures on my Instagram of these meetings. It means nothing to me. What we're actually looking for is the next worker. Because I'm telling you, there's no better plug of a more rewarding job than this. To be able to help another life. God did not give you money so that you can be good. He gave you money so that you can attract another person. Because there is somebody here listening to me or online that is the next transformational tool for a society, for a nation, for a community. They are there but they need your rising. I know that you see me as a you that has grown up from wherever but I'm telling you there's something that moves us even when we are tired you know we still wake up in the morning physically we're tired but do you know what keeps moving us compassion that's the only way you respond in this cold red season is compassion the reason why you wake up the time you go to bed the conversations you have even when you're tired it can only be done if you have compassion the church lost compassion time ago they don't care about anybody. Life is just, like I said to you, life is undefeated in making life about you. You see, as I'm talking right now, someone just can't believe that they're a leader. Do you know why? Because they see their flaws. They see their mistakes. I'm telling you, forget your flaws. Forget your mistakes. Guess why? Because life is tricking you. Life is making life about you again. And that's the reason why you don't have the secret. Can we get the definition of compassion? Let's look at this definition of compassion. Read it for me quickly. Who's got it? Talk to me quick. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Please read it once more. Let's look at this. Please, go on. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. Yeah? Together with a desire. To Put together with a desire for what? To alleviate it. To alleviate it. So the more I counter people, the more the desire to let loose or to alleviate a person of their distress grows in me. That's what the church is meant to be. That's why there's even this thing called Christianity. And actually, I'm saying today, wherever you take it, forget Christianity. That's the reason why we have the conversation of faith. That my sister sitting there can grow to know really who she is. Because she don't. The community didn't teach her. Her parents are not bad people. But they just did not have the ability to teach her. Is this word that makes us? Are you listening to me tonight? This is why tonight when we're talking, what I'm asking for are workers. People who recognize, we're going to see in a moment, that actually when life showed us little, Christ was able to see that there's an abundance of harvest. We're getting there. He was moved by compassion. He had the desire to alleviate people out of their distress. So like I said the other day and I repeat, we don't see criminals. 
It doesn't matter how much wrong they do in our eyes. We don't see criminals. We see men of distress. And what do they need? Leaders. What do they need? You and I. It could be your first time here tonight. But the reason why your steps led you here is God recruiting you. He does not care about big numbers. He's just telling you, my brother, that you're his next tool to raise people. And look, people can only be rewarded. People can only receive funds for works that they've worked. If you work this work, you will have the results you see. If you came here and you did not see results, I will understand why you don't listen. But you see, it's not only mine worth showing. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved. Are you hearing me? As, he, as you hear me speak tonight, those of you that are leaders, those that are called to be great, whether it's your first time or you've been here all these times, what is happening is that in you, you're being moved into a new realm, compassion. I just had to say to myself, the things that I'm looking for, I have to trust that if it's not coming, it's because maybe God wants me to be the solution to it. We always pray and say it's God's will. No, maybe it is, but do you understand why it is? Maybe he just wants you to rise. He was moved to compassion for them, yeah? Why? Because they were weary and scattered, like sheep having no shepherd. Yeah. Is that it? But when he, was, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep with no shepherd. Go on. There's then, another verse. Please read for me. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. Look at what he says. So when he saw a big gathering, when he saw the crowds, when he saw the multitudes, like uh, Pastor Francis here, you see him playing the drums, but I've said it in case you don't know, this is somebody that mobilized the whole of Kent by himself. Do you know that there are some leaders sitting here today because of him standing up, something moved him. Do you know that there was a time we went to Leicester and the Pastor Enrique spoke and when he was speaking, something moved Chrissy to form a relationship. I'm saying to you, why do we allow this God-forsaken religion make us weaklings? Why do we just sit here like people that are not truly moved by Christ? So you see from afar, you can identify with those that God has called. There's some people that God hasn't called. People, do you know how people become so weak? Do you know how compassion dies in a person? Do you know how they are no longer moved by what God is moved by? Simple, they become people that want to alleviate themselves. God gave us compassion for others. There is no greater love than this, than for a man to lay down his life, not for himself, for others. So you see what our parents did? They didn't like the poverty they were in. So they took up three jobs. They took up five jobs if they could. They amounted upon themselves more burdens to alleviate themselves from poverty. But you see, that's what made them die in compassion. So when you're coming to church, you're not even going out to mess around. You're coming to church. Your parents has an issue with it. It's not because they're bad. It's just that compassion died long ago. And that's why they don't have results. That's why they don't have the things that they actually want for you because they have never known the way. But the way is what I'm presenting to you tonight. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. We are not living in a space of little. There is much. There is an abundance. But do you know what you need? Compassion. Should I tell you, sorry if this offends you, I just, I can't allow Tuesdays to stop me speaking. 
Meaning that because we do physical services. You know, I've seen, how do I say this? Should I even say this? Oh, it's, it's not about us. You know, sometimes you tried, you tried, and you have to go past the first row. People have already settled where they want to settle. You will see it in their life because you see, I'm told you that I'm coming to speak to you about this faith. This faith doesn't allow us to do what we please, but it gives us much more than we ever wanted. But you see some people, once a car has come, once a name has come, they've tapped out. They've tapped out. I'm thinking we've been going strong for years and we're not yet satisfied. To the day we die, you know, the other day I was saying to some people around me, there's a word that motivates me. There's a word in scripture that says, if a man dies, shall he live again? Do you know what that means? Will you not make the most of the life you have? There are some people listening to me here today and you are fearful. I'm saying you only have one chance to live. Why not use the most of that life? I remember days that we didn't have money and we we came together, put money together. And I remember that God laid on my heart, put this together and support this work. Support a PT. And do you know what came to my heart? I even said it to him. I may never come across this money again. But I could see him raising people. I can see him housing people. I can see him um, granting people um, the, 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 the scholarship money that they needed. I saw all of these things. And this was our way to participate. But guess what? Even though I fought, we may never come across this money again. Do you know that we now see that in abundance without trying? But you do know that when I said that, I truly believed considering my current state that we will never come across it. Now, that was what that I said I will never see. But now we have a Chrissy. That's just one of many leaders doing many times over. Why? Because we chose to rise. Faith, compassion that moved us to do the things that others would say you're crazy. But you see, it made us who we are. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful. This is the reason why I need soldiers who can say to me, we have 40 people, we have 100 people in Birmingham, we have this in this place and we're saying, let's go. Because it's not about church growth for us. It's if we can raise workers in that city, then people will have hope of a new change of their economic class. People will not be going on hungry. There'll be people who will be able to create an economy for themselves. There'll be a housing system. There'll be people who can believe that they can be all that God has destined them to be because workers stood up in that area. Christ went from place to place. So if I say to you, you've enjoyed four weeks of wealth family. If I now say that everything moving on from here is called a movement. It's upon this scripture that we stand. That we are meant to move from place to place and raise leaders. These workers, these laborers are leaders. If not, we're deceiving ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. What is God calling us into? A faith that really produces results. And like I said, in case it's difficult for you to hear what I'm saying, I want you to go and size up all that you've known of church outside of here. And please tangibly check the results. Please don't tell me about heaven. Don't tell me that heaven's going to change somebody's life unless you're willing to die right now. Don't tell me that. See that if, if you're hearing me speak, and I can hand the mic to many people here, if you hear them speak, you will know that they are unmoved by these material things 
we understand the role of them. They are tools. They are what we're dressed with, yes. But that came because there was a compassion that moved us. I want to remind you soldiers of the days we actually went across the whole of the United Kingdom. I want to remind you of the days that you did not stop with your friends because you knew that the life and the faith that you're introduced to is more beneficial, is more profitable. I want to remind you when we talk about cold red to remind yourself of that compassion and if any way you're trying to alleviate yourself out of a poverty the only way to alleviate yourselves out of poverty is to alleviate others my finances your finances your finances all our finances change when we committed our lives to others I know it don't make sense to you, but like I said, I can't come and lie to you here. You can go and check how we lived before. You can go and see it. The moment that we didn't care about ourselves and we followed the two main commands that says love God and show that you love God by loving people, laying down your life for other people. What happened is that everything for us changed by alleviating others of their distress. That's compassion. That's compassion. You know, I love what the scripture says about Christ. John 3, 16, we've heard this before. That God so loved the world. You know what? When I was reading that today, do you know what came to me? That I was thinking, God, if there was an issue with the world, why not respond straight away? He needed enough time to build compassion. Do you know what scripture says about Christ? It says, for we do not have a high priest that does not feel our temptations, meaning that he can, comp he, he can empathize with our weakness. He understands our state. Compassion moved him to be the best representative of all people. And look, nobody truly knows the weight of something unless you can carry it. Do you understand that? If you go to the gym, like for me, I can bench, I can bench press 150 kg. Okay, I'm lying, I'm lying. But God will forgive me. He, Abraham lied as well, so it's fine. But you see, you can never fully know the weight of 150K unless you carry it. If you try and you cannot carry it, you have not exhausted understanding its weight. Now, the Bible says that Christ was tempted in all things and did not sin. What I'm trying to say is that you see the one that when we say Christ is what compels us, it's the love of Christ that compels us, is what moves us. It's me saying that he understands the weight of all people. He understands the situations that people are going through. So what I'm saying is that you see God waited for years, centuries, building up his own compassion. And you see when compassion came, do you know what he did? He showed faith. You know we're still talking about this faith. Do you know how he showed faith? Whatever he could see, he traded it for what he couldn't see. What is faith? Now, faith is the confidence. Please, can you read that again for me? Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm getting ready to round up now. You know, what we're going to do today is that at a point we're going to, you know, actually, I know we don't like this. But I can't ignore things that are being laid on my heart. We're going to allow the choir to worship. But I need you to pray. I know, I know it because of where we've got to. But I need you to pray. Because the instruction of the scripture we're about to read, Christ himself said, pray. He said, pray that the Lord of this harvest will send out workers. How are workers identified? They are moved by compassion. You need God to do a work in you tonight. 
And in case you don't know how to pray, I'm going to ask for some of the leaders to come at the front and you can come and connect with any of them and pray with them. You make the decision tonight. Now, faith is what? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So God himself had to express faith. He so loved the world. He had built up compassion for all people that he looked in where he had. He looked into his own space and all that he had, Christ, the son of God. He took what he had and traded it for what he could not see. And you see, years on, he has won all people. Do you know what I'm trying to show you with this? Faith, what I'm trying to leave you with tonight is I don't want you to just call faith faith because it's even not scriptural. This is where I'm going, my last scripture, Galatians. You know, we can talk faith and you see the issue is we can think it means wishful thinking. That's not what we're talking about. Faith, the Bible says faith without works is dead. It's like a body without a spirit. What I'm trying to give you tonight, as we, as I ask for people who would join me in this work, do you know what I'm trying to give you? A body to your faith. A definition to your faith. Do you know what we've previously called faith? Christianity. Islam. This and that. But I'm saying to you, with no disrespect, I'm saying put definition to your faith. Do you know what I've been trying to sell to you tonight when I talk about compassion? Faith is only meant to be expressed through love. That's what I'm trying to say to you. The only way to God, Bible says that God is love. What changed our lives? I had to go all this way around so that you can understand practically because none of the things I'm saying to you is out of being able to study. It's my life. It's our life. It's the expression of love. Before we had a house, Chrissy said it earlier, that I told you that I was trying to lead people and I was in, I was in my mother's house, a council flat, living on her couch. But you see what happened? Opportunities for me to express love, to show compassion, was me looking at a Goldie and saying, you could come and live with me because he didn't have somewhere to live. Now that doesn't weaken him. Guess what now? He's now leading others. He's now a house leader. He's now able to house others. How did these things happen? It was, us, it was us familiarizing ourselves with the faith that's really rewarding. And the only thing that brings profit is love. Are you with me tonight? Read this last scripture for me. Livingstone, you can mount the, the stage or whatever it's called. Galatians 5 I need proper worship tonight because I want to help people to pray listen to me guys I don't want people to be saying oh I don't need prayers and all of these things it's your choice I don't think you're listening to someone that is crazy in his mind I'm telling you in a moment I'm going to connect you with the leaders that's been raised they're going to come forward and as the worship goes and as we're praying I want you as well to encourage your people and I want you to take bold steps forward to be prayed for we want to join you and pray with you we want to raise a people that can work this harvest laborers of this harvest i'm introducing you to a work that actually rewards look at what the bible says for in christ jesus go on neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value so meaning and i can't get into this tonight it's not about the laws you follow and the laws you don't follow 
that has very little value. The only thing, read it for me. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So when I speak about this faith tonight, I don't want you to leave it as something vague. I want you to understand the expression of faith. This faith that made the nation family, this faith that made you and I. And look, in case you are somebody knowing that, look, your compassion level has died a bit. You do know it will affect the things you want in your life. You do know it. I'm, I've said it. I'm not going to tap out. I'm not. Because you see, when I asked you to sing the song, this is the air I breathe. I honestly can say from the moment I walked into the faith, that's the only thing that sustained me. The word. For in Christ Jesus, in church, maybe it's about the laws you follow. But in Christ, it's neither about circumcision or uncircumcision these things do not have value the only thing do you again understand what it means by only the only thing meaning that there's not another way the only thing that counts to god to christ the only thing that truly matters is what go on is faith expressing itself through love so i don't want people that just call it faith how would i know now if ashley has faith can I see the expression of love? Influence meets or the thing that you did, the women in construction. What are you doing at that point? You can't influence a world without having compassion. What is compassion? A child of love. Love births compassion. So the more I see people, the more I understand that there's no issue with them other than that they are missing leaders. And what we say here is we're not going to deceive ourselves with ever praying to God, asking God to help us with this, to help us with that. We're actually going to say tonight, God, I hear you. And what you're saying to me is you're the person, I'm the person that he wants to express himself through. Who is Basola? Who is that Anusu? Who is that Ade? Who is that Anna? The person, the chosen vessel that God wants to express himself through. So you don't need to pray, God, hear me. You need to say to God, I allow you. I yield to you. This is how we end our January. Understanding that this year, what we're going for is not actually a huge crowd. It's the recruiting of workers, leaders. So I'm going to hand it over to Livingstone and the nation. You can actually start beginning to worship slightly. But what do I want us to do? We're going to worship for a bit. Then in a moment, I'm going to ask for some leaders to stand here. And those that can't stand here, I'm going to ask them to stand on the sides. And I want to introduce people to come and to pray. You may not understand everything I've said tonight. But I'm just presenting to you a faith that works. And if you have a question with this, I ask you, okay, try the faith you've known. I want you to try the faith that's worked for me and many of the leaders here. For in Christ Jesus. Read it, read it once more for us. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's faith expressing itself through love. I want to give it over to you, Livingstone Nation. I want you to begin to pray and worship on your seats. In a moment, I'll make a call.